Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Man, is that one of the great breakup songs of all time? Man, I will survive. Man, these lyrics are just too good. At first I was afraid, I was petrified, kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong, and I grew strong. I learned how to get along. Man, this is good. I should have changed my favorite. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made you leave your key. If I'd known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. Man, break it off. Go on now. She's the original Taylor Swift, right? (laughs) Go on now. Walk out that door. Just turn around now because you're not welcome anymore. Walk out that door. You're not welcome anymore. I will survive. I will survive. So full disclosure. I picked this song this weekend. I get credit for this. True story. Alan and the team, they they get together and they come up with songs around the themes and titles and I was working on this and working on the message and I sent him this song and he says, what in the world does that have to do with your passage this week? I said, oh, wait and see. You see, we're turning the page to Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, in the opening verses, it's like Paul's version of a breakup song. Paul's like, oh, no, no, no. You are not coming back here. Get out the door. I should have changed the lock. Give me back the key. You're not welcome here anymore. That's what Paul's doing. He he knows. See, See, Paul wants you and I to enjoy this life beyond happiness, the joyfulness of the Christian life. But he knows that the journey to this life has competition. He knows that that there's a temptation to go back to an old way. And he's not having it. So in chapter 3, he gives us a bit of a, of a breakup song. Let me, let me read it to you. Starting in verse 1, he says, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. He says, man, I never get tired telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. I'm trying to protect you. I want you to have the joyful Christian life that you were intended for. I don't want you to get trapped. And he knows and he's about to get to the tension. And if you think I'm overstating it, watch what he says. Verse two, he says, watch out for those dogs. What? Watch out for those dogs. He's talking about the old, the old love, the old flame, the old way. He's like, don't go back there. 
Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil. Now to get specific, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. Oh. He's talking about the, the Judaizers, the, the legalists, the ones who had said, no, 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 you can follow Christ, but you have to do it by the Jewish rules. You need to add to that Jesus story human effort. You need to do all the works, all the stuff, starting with circumcision. But circumcision was just, it was just the most obvious form. There was a long line of rules and laws. And they were saying, if you want to follow God faithfully, fine, 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 take Jesus, but you need to keep all of these rules too. <laughs> And Paul says, oh, no, 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 no. You walk right out that door. I broke up with you. You ain't coming back here. I should have taken your key. You don't bring that stuff back in here. And he gets personal. You dog. Now, I know that doesn't work like it used to because like dogs, people love dogs more than their own children anymore. <laughs> but it wasn't like that back then. He says, no, no, you are not made for that. Now watch this. He says, verse three, he says, for we worship by the spirit of God. For we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. None. No, no, this following Jesus, this faithfulness to God no longer involves your human effort. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done for us. Now, it's like Paul can hear the critics. Oh, oh, don't listen to Paul. He's soft. He just, you know, Paul just... He just can't keep the rules. He's trying to give you the easy way out. If he were as faithful and as diligent and as sincere as we are, you know, then. And it's like he can hear that. And so he says in verse four, it's like he's, watch what he says. He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort. Oh, oh, listen, critic, I, I hear you, I hear you. You think, no, no, no. I could have confidence in my own. If anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have, those guys who are telling you that, I have even more. Let me tell you why. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, and I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. Man. I'm the real deal. You want to talk about a, an MVP? I'm the MVP of human effort. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, mm -mm. I obeyed the law without 
These guys think they're the rule keepers. I was the MVP rule keeper. I was the rule keeper of the year. My parents had a little window sticker on their cars. My student, law keeper of the year. I'm the deal, man. And I'm here to tell you, it didn't work. Didn't work. Human effort? Mm Mm-mm. Doesn't work. Get on out that door. Give me the key. I'm all done with you. We do not live by human effort. You see, there is a strong attraction to an effort-based faith. We love stuff that rewards us for what we do and makes us. We love trophies and awards. We love applause and praise. We love being better than the person next to us at what we do. There's something about an effort-based faith that is attractive, and Paul knew it, and that's why he's cutting them off at the past. No, no, no. We can do just fine without you. You see, if you're not careful, you can create a fake version of Christianity. That's what Paul's saying here. And that warning is as relevant for us today, 2,000 years later, as it was back then. Now, we're not wrapped up in the Jewish laws, but the draw, the attraction is the same. Human effort. And we can take our notions of human effort and reward and weave them into our following after Christ and miss the joyfulness that we were made for. See, Paul just wants you to understand that's not God's plan. God's plan was this. God would love you first. And he'd prove it through Jesus. And when you experience that, you would love him in return. That's it. That's the plan. You say nothing else? Well, there was one more thing. Jesus said there's one more thing, and it's sort of like the first When you experience God's love, you'll love him in return, and then it has this this way of making you love other people. But yeah, that's it. You'll, You'll encounter God's love through the story of Jesus Christ, and and when you experience it, it will turn your world upside down. And you'll want to follow him. And give your life to him. He'll become your everything. He'll so transform you that you'll you'll love people you previously struggled to love. That's God's plan. <laughs> does that work? I mean, we're worried. Does it? Does it? Does it work? Because because it feels like rules work better. Just being honest, like. Like, give me some rules. Tell me what I can do and can't do, and we'll get along good. But, but here, here's what I know about rules. Hmm. 
I know you'll break them because I know I'll break them. That's the problem with laws. If you think you won't get caught and it won't hurt someone you care about, <laughs> you will very likely break the rules. We're just wired that way. If I won't get caught and it won't hurt someone I care about, whoo, the laws lose their power. Yes, they do. Anybody driven in traffic lately? Hmm. I was, I was at an intersection here the other day and there were cars in front of me and nobody seemed to know where they were going. And there was a car behind me. I won't say where the license plate was from, but the Jets play there. Uh, I was a little bit ambiguous, right? And, and the cars in front of me were there. It was like two or three cars in front of me before the light and nobody could figure out what this guy in back of me is honking at me. Oh, no, you didn't. I looked, made sure I didn't recognize anybody from church. And then when the traffic was clear in front of me, I went very, very slowly. I may have stopped at one point and left him in the middle of the intersection. I'm, you stop clapping, I don't understand. Man, we'll break the rules. I won't get caught doesn't hurt someone I care about, I will break the rules. You say, are rules not, are, are rules, no, 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 rules are useful. Laws are good. Laws are useful to us where love is absent. Let me just say that again. Law, rules are useful when love is absent. But love is It's so powerful, it just transforms you. It makes you want to do stuff you never did before. Remember when you had your first child? <sighs> there was no law you had to paint that room. No law you had to buy those outfits. There was no law that said you had to go to Disney. You're still paying that off. No law, you had to run up and down the sideline like a crazy person. But they were four and playing their first soccer game. And you were in love. <sighs> and it just changed you. It just wrapped you up and changed you. Goodness. See, here's what Paul new. Love is better at making us better. Experiencing the love of God through the person of Christ and falling in love with him and his way is better at 
but making us better. So Paul wants to tell you how it's changed him. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. He says, I once thought all these things were valuable. All the efforts, all the accolades, all the medals, all the applause all the rule-keeping. I once thought these things were valuable. But now, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Well, it's not that the law has got it wrong. It's just that they had limited effect. They only worked when you weren't going to get caught with the people you cared about. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. One of Paul's great statements and the doctrine of justification by faith. He says, man, he says, I'm all in. I'm just all in. I gave everything. I let go of the old life, the old way. I met Jesus, and everything else compared to him is like garbage. That's the language he uses here. Remember when you followed Christ? Maybe, maybe you came to Christ maybe a little bit later in life, and man, you just had this, you had this transformation. It's just your people were looking at you, going, "What in the world happened?" Why won't you come with us? Why won't you do this? What, 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 do you, what, what happened to you? And, and your only answer was Jesus. Now listen, I know for some of you, you grew up, you grew up in faith and, and you came to Christ at the you know, ripe young age of six when you had had a life of torrid sin and recklessness and you had ruined everything. <laughs> It's like, man, I don't have a cool story, but your life has been a life of seasons of transformation as you've encountered Christ, and bit by bit, he's changed you and transformed you. And you can look at moments and seasons in your life where God changed who you were. Because this is what happens. When you encounter Christ, your life is transformed. The things you used to love to do, you don't love to do anymore. 
You encounter conviction in your soul that won't let you go. And the things you used to be just fine with, you're not fine with anymore and you can't sleep well at night. Because God through his Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your life and he has forever changed you. I'm not saying he made you perfect. We're all, we're, we're all in this journey, this struggle, but, but, but there's this journey towards Christ. There's this transformation. There's this still small voice inside of me that calls me to something different. There's conviction of the Holy Spirit. And bit by bit by bit, my life is being changed. I was reading a bit this past week, the story of, of John Wimber. Most of you won't know the name, but some of you will. He was influential in the beginning of the Vineyard Church movement. But what a lot of people don't know is that John Wimber was a very successful musician. He started out with, remember this group, The Righteous Brothers. There's another great breakup song, You Lost that loving feeling. Pretty good, right? <laughs> Don't let that go to my head. You'll lose all the good singers up here and be stuck with me. Wimber tells the story in his book, The Way, uh, the way In is the Way On. And he tells the story of how he came and he he heard someone preaching about Christ and it captivated his heart. And in that moment, he gave his life to Christ and it forever changed him. It changed him so much, in fact, that he went to the band where he was a singer and an instrument player and he says, I'm out. Like, you're out. I'm done. And he left, picked up a secular job. They were like, dude, you're... They, they came to him, they're like, what are you doing? You... And Wimber would go on to say, he would say, listen, I had to change my image. And that meant I had to change my music. He literally tells the story of how he took all of his awards, all of the accolades, and he puts them in a box and he drives them to the dump. People are like, what are you doing? His life had been so captivated by Jesus that he wanted to do nothing else but to follow him. And he knew in his life, in his moment, God's calling on his life was just something different. And here's the fascinating thing. Those of you who follow Christian uh, contemporary music will know that, uh, that John Wimber is one of, one of the main reasons why we have contemporary Christian music. Now, if you hate contemporary Christian music, you won't view this as a good thing. So just step off to the side for a moment and hang with me. But for those of us who love contemporary Christian music and, and worship music as we have it, brought it The song, he was writing a new song. He had been so captivated by what Jesus Christ had done for him, his life was forever changed. Not because someone told him he had to do it, not because there was a rule or a law, because he encountered Jesus Christ. Here's something else that happens when you, you meet Jesus. 
you will discover the faith that endures through personal failure. I just wanted to add this before we finish because if your faith requires you to measure up, what happens when you don't measure up? I'll tell you what happens. I've been watching it for 30 years. You'll do two things, one of two things. You'll lie. We call it hypocrisy. Pretend it's not true. Or two, you'll run. We call that deconstruction. I'm out. Couldn't keep the rules. Couldn't do the right thing. But when you encounter a God who loves you and who wants you to experience his love through the person of Jesus Christ and the story of his death and his burial and his resurrection for you, That story had nothing to do with you. Nothing. You didn't measure up. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You just trusted in it. You just met the Jesus of the Bible. And you were amazed at how much he loved you. And you gave your life to him. And it changed you forever. That's it. See, every once in a while, it's good to have a reminder. So let me give you a reminder. God loves you. That's it. He loves you. He knows everything about you every secret, every struggle, every sin, every shameful moment. And he loves you. He just loves you. And literally, that changes everything. So maybe you're here and you've been on this journey of discovery, wondering where church and religion and faith fit into the story. Wondering what you had to do. And maybe this seems almost too good to be true until you hear the words of Paul that you don't have to do anything but trust in him. This is why Paul, in his great high priestly prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, says this, May you experience the love of God. Though it is so great, you will never fully comprehend it. 
Because then you will be filled with all of the power and love that comes from him. So if you're here and you're ready to take that step of faith, towards Jesus Christ, embracing his gift of love for your life. I can't think of a better way to finish than to give you a chance to do that. Would you bow with me for a moment? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And we just, man, life can get so hectic, distracted seems like we never have a moment just to reflect on what God might be doing. But maybe through all of this this morning, you've heard a still, small voice of God speaking to you. In Revelation chapter 3, it likens it to God standing at the door and knocking. And maybe you're ready to say yes to him. To take that step of faith to embrace his his gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ once and for all. Well, if that's you, then let me just lead you in a prayer. In a moment, in the quiet of the moment, you can pray it quietly to yourself. God will hear you. Let me just say this. There's There's no magic words. There's no repeating of words that will make something happen. It's the prayer of faith from your heart that God hears. If that's you, I invite you to pray something like this. Dear God, you know me. You know everything about me. Every secret, every sin, every struggle. you love me and Jesus proves it Father I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and rose again so that I could have new life I accept your gift of forgiveness I invite you into my life Help me to live my life fully for you. I pray. In Jesus' name.